Before going into this episode, we just wanted to give a quick trigger warning because we talk about slurs, rape, pedophilia, and a lot of other things that can be pretty touchy subjects. Um, It is kind of the nature of this show, but we thought we would give this warning before anyone would listen. So with that, we can just get right into the episode. Hi everyone, and welcome back to How Have We Never Seen This Before? In this week's episode, we watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Join us as we analyze what makes a social commentary and when it can go too far. This is a podcast where two best friends talk about movies they've never seen before. I'm Isabel. And I'm Lauren. And this is How Have We Never Seen This Before. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know where to begin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, like, uh, 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 yeah, that's how I feel. Um, (laughs) We're off to a great start. (laughs) So this show came out in 2005, and I just need to say, like, Because I saw that it came out then, I was like, hmm, this might be problematic. But I was like, let's just go with it. I feel like it'll be fine. Boy, was I wrong. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anything to say? (laughs) Well, I guess um, the reason why I wanted to watch the show this week um, was because every white boy I know in college says it's the funniest show they've ever seen. That that was my first mistake. Right yeah. there. <laughs> but um I figured we'd give it a shot because they're like, you're from Philly and you've never seen It's Always Sunny. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have Hulu until now. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I have Hulu, we can talk about it and watch it. And boy, do I have some thoughts on it. Like, after the first three minutes of the show, I was like, maybe this is, like, The Office. The first season of The Office is probably just as problematic as this. Maybe a little less, but, like... I think a little less. Yeah, it's just, like, the fact that even the titles are so problematic. Like, I don't understand how this show was ever okay. I mean... From this first season and the first episode, it's just really concerning that this is something that people call, like, the funniest show ever. It's just, like, great. (laughs) And we do also realize that this show is definitely a social commentary, but at the same time, um, it feels as though the writers are trying to be more shocking than actually teaching a lesson. Like, there are parts in it that shock me. Like, I gasped when I heard the N-word, the K-word, when I heard a a slur for trans people. Like, it was disgusting, and I don't know, it just shocked me. It didn't make me understand anything or, like, question my privilege, those parts. Definitely other parts of the show did, but... Not the parts where they would just straight up say a slur. Yeah, it's just like... And none of the characters 
at least from what I really saw, had any redeeming qualities. Like, even the the main girl, I felt like she was... They were trying to have her as the liberal person in the group, but she also just kind of accepts all their poor judgments and unacceptable behavior just because they're her friends and her brother. It's just... I don't know. I never want to watch it again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess we should just, I don't know, before we get, like, too far into it, we should probably introduce, like, the basic premise of the show. Yeah. So, basically, at least for the first season, because I know Danny DeVito's in this show, but he's not in the first season at all. It's this group of four friends, and two of them, Charlie and... Dennis own it. Does Mac own it too? Yeah. Okay. The three guys, Charlie, Dennis, and Mac all own this bar together in South Philly. And it's kind of just about their life working and owning the bar. It's kind of unsuccessful unless they have people kind of come in to help them. But the way they're helped is like not great. Like, I don't know. It, like, it will explain it in the episodes, but that's kind of the just that I got from the first season of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anything else to add to that? I mean, no, not really. Did you mention <laughs> that it took place in it takes place in Philadelphia? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, then that's all that matters. Clearly, she wasn't paying attention to me. No, I was, but I was also <laughs> looking through my notes. Um. Yes, so we have the cast. Now I guess we'll get into it. We have Mac. Uh, Mac is kind of a more conservative person. He definitely is right wing and he makes it known. Um, unless something else helps him. Like, unless something else is in his favor and that happens in the second episode. Yeah, politically he kind of... Um, he he does whatever suits him best, not others. So yeah. everyone in the show is like pretty selfish, but um, <laughs> to but, say the least, <laughs> but he is also selfish. Um, and throughout the whole show, you don't really get much of this in the first season, but as time progresses, um, he kind of is at the butt of a lot of gay jokes, and um, the writers insinuate that he is gay throughout the show. Huh. Yes, and so um, <laughs> the last episode of season 13, he actually comes out, and it's, like, a, a touching moment. Is that but, how they're supposed to, like, make up for everything? Was that kind of what they were trying to do? Those were my thoughts. Like, Matt comes out as gay, um, kind of, like, at the after being at the butt of so many homophobic jokes, or also, like, saying so many homophobic things, but it doesn't take away, like, all of the other offensive jokes that he said, like... He's incredibly I, racist and sexist and just yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. But um, he comes out as gay, so um, that is Mac. And then we have Charlie. He's short and gets angry a lot and raises his voice. And he kind of reminds me of <laughs> a more unlikable Nick Miller. Okay, okay. I can see that. Like, I wonder if Nick Miller's character was based at all off of Charlie. Nick Miller is so much better than Charlie. I know, but 
it kind of like the bartender who always gets angry is kind of gross, not the brightest. But Charlie does terrible things too. I know. Charlie does awful things. The the thing is about these characters is that the second you think that they might like do something a good person would do, they always go the wrong way. Um, which is where the social commentary part comes in, I guess. Um, and then you have Deandra. Her friends call her Sweet D. And she is the bartender at the bar. She doesn't own it, but she's always there and kind of treats the bar like it's her own. And um, I guess her thing is that she is definitely like the more liberal person of the group, but is still an awful person. <laughs> And she she will always, like, make a point to kind of – how do I want to say this? She'll always make a point to criticize her, her friends and her brother for doing the exact same thing that she ends up doing in the end. Yeah. So she makes it seem like she's a better person, but she's not. Um, yeah. So then you have her brother, Dennis. He is an owner of the bar. Um, throughout the show, you don't really get this much in the first season, but he becomes – like he he doesn't become he admits kind of through context clues that he is a serial rapist and he just treats women terribly more than the others which is hard to do <laughs> what yeah i'm sorry he's a serial rapist yeah so he does this thing where he when he hooks up with women he makes it he makes the location something where they would feel uncomfortable saying no like on a boat that's disgusting. Yeah, he also has this thing called the the D E N N I S method, the Dennis method, where he like emotionally manipulates a woman, a woman into like falling in love with him, and hating him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of sucks, and he'll like do anything to sleep with women. And then you have their father, Frank. Um, he's played by Danny DeVito. Uh, he... Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know any of this because he's not in the first season and I was too disgusted to keep looking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's played by Danny DeVito. He doesn't come in until season two, but, um, he's just kind of as awful as the rest of them, if not worse. He basically will step on anyone to get what he wants and he's just a selfish person. So yeah, that's, that's the main cast for you. (laughs) That's awful. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I was thinking we could go through each episode and just say all the things wrong with it, and I think that's the only way to go about this, really. So, I don't... This is the one episode I didn't write the name down for. The gang gets racist. Yep, the gang gets racist. (laughs) Okay. So, like, I feel like that title in itself just really sets the tone for the whole show like that's your pilot really so basically it's just kind of showing the bar and everything d comes in with this or she says that she's bringing a guy over that she met at her acting class and it when he walks in it's a black man and all her friends and brother i'm I'm just gonna call them all friends um (laughs) They're, they all freak out, and they're like, wow, we weren't expecting you to be black. Like, how? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and 
Very messed up. It's just really uncomfortable. And, well, to watch. Like, they're not, they're also uncomfortable, but because he's black and it's like, it's awful. And his name is Terrell. And he's um, like a bar promoter. So he offers, somehow they get past all of that. Um, and he offers to promote their bar for them because their bar does terribly because it's an awful bar and they're awful people. And the the show kind of like jumps around because of all their stories. But um, Charlie's also in love with this girl who's a waitress who's plays Caroline in New Girl. Oh, that's how I knew her. Yeah, she's got brown hair though, so it, like she it, she looks very different. Yeah. Um, and they're at this rush, well, at the, her cafe or restaurant or whatever. And while they're there, they're talking about how weird they all acted with Terrell at the bar. And then Charlie just goes ahead and like casually says the N word, like with a hard R. And not that either way is okay. Yeah. And the the waitress girl, like, hears him say that and is, like, just, like, no. Which is kind of, like, oh, maybe things are kind of okay. Like, she's an okay character. But then they just decide that they're going to go, or Charlie and Mac decide to go to, like, the University of Penn or something, or Temple. I don't know. And they're going to go find a black girl for Charlie to date to prove that they're not racist. Which is just disgusting and i mean at the same time it turns out that turns out that terrell is gay and he promoted the bar to all their gay friends and they're only okay with it when dennis is everyone thinks dennis is cute and he's kind of exploiting them for tip money and i don't know max says some really racist things and D tells Mac to get Charlie or Dennis drunk so that he doesn't want it to keep being a gay bar. Like they're like pretend that he's sleeping. He slept with these two men, and D forces herself onto Terrell because she doesn't know he's gay, and it's just like no, she knows that he's gay, and then she's she- like trying to confirm it, mm-hmm. and it's like. In the span of 23 minutes, you did all of these awful things. I'm kind of, like, shaking talking about it because I'm angry. Like, that's the first episode. I don't I don't understand how anyone could be, like, even, like, there's no social commentary in this. Like, maybe in some of the later episodes, I can kind of see where they're getting at. But in this episode, it's just blatant racism and homophobia and it's just disgusting i agree with you i definitely was so put off by this episode i was honestly surprised that so many people know me and has have recommended this show to me and like don't see why like like someone who's never seen it before coming in from like a zillennial perspective would ever think that that is funny and it would be one thing if this were social commentary and these jokes were written by um, minorities. But coming in with the facts here, um, in 2018, the show was under fire for having 
a white writer's room. Um, so at that point, there were 134 episodes, and only three of those episodes were written by a woman, and only two of them were, uh, two episodes were written by a person of color. So it's not as though the people who these jokes are about are the people writing them. It's white men. Like, <laughs> I don't. Like, if you're going to try to pass off these jokes as social, I'm using air quotes, social commentary, um, at least have your writers be represented. Like, I, it doesn't, does not compute in my brain. It's, yeah, I, I've, I feel like when they were writing these episodes, it was just like, I don't know, I felt like the fact that they were coming up with these things to talk about, they were just like, I, I don't know. I, It's just really concerning that people would write a show like this. And it just, it makes it even worse knowing that it's just white people writing the show. And I don't know. Have you ever had someone who's not a white man recommend the show to you before? Because I, I haven't. <laughs> I'm happy to say no one's ever recommended this show to me before but i also tend to not talk to people (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like i don't have any like i probably i'm stereotyping here but i don't have any frat guy friends really i don't interact like i have my small group of friends and of my small group of friends Three of them work at the Center for Gender Equity at my school, and I think that says something about <laughs> like their political stance and <laughs> their view on the world. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I feel like the show was made for white boys who say they have a quote-unquote dark sense of humor and <laughs> use that to make jokes about the Holocaust or slavery. Like, you can't just say you have a dark sense of humor or that you're being satirical and then just insult a whole group of people. Yeah, this, like, I don't, honestly, like, we shouldn't give this show that much time, so, because, at least in my opinion, because it's so bad, so I'm hoping we can keep this episode short. (laughs) Okay. No, 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 I'm just, like, I'm I'm not telling you to, like, speed up. I'm saying, like, I just, like... Just talking about it makes me angry. I know. I have like 3,000 words of like everything that I wrote down, like all my feelings when I was watching this show. Like, obviously, I'm not going to like, I don't don't even use half the notes that I write, but it's just funny how like how many words that I have to say. About I, I had less and less as the show went on, not because like it didn't it made me less angry or anything i had less because i wanted to like i couldn't comprehend it i would like what i was writing i was like how was this a show mm-hmm. yeah so episode two <laughs> episode two like can you believe all that happened in episode one um <laughs> episode two is titled charlie wants an abortion and from that title i was like oh I know where this entire show is going. Um, basically, Charlie finds out that he might have a child from 
a girl he was with in high school or like right before college and basically mac was like well you you should have told her to get an abortion or whatever and they were trying to talk about how charlie has would have had the right to have a say in that and then d's kind of trying to say like no it's her choice and she tries to like counter their argument but like just kind of gives up right away until they go to this protest at an abortion clinic well not an abortion clinic it's um it's at Planned Parenthood I think um and there's two sides there's the pro-life and pro-choice and basically Mac and I think it's Dennis yeah it's Mac and Dennis they tag along with Dee but they only go to try and hook up with girls, like find hot girls at this protest, which is disgusting in itself. And they start off on the pro-choice side and then all the girls are like, you're disgusting. So then they just decide to go over to the pro-life side to find some other girls. And like Mac sleeps with one of the people in charge over there and then she like confronts him and is like, "Oh, I, I like it's a miracle I'm pregnant." And then he's like, even though he says he's conservative, like you can tell he's like a conservative. When that happens, he's like, "Okay, you have to get an abortion." And it's just disgusting. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, I thought that this episode was a little bit more clear when it comes to like who the jokes are at the expense of. Like, obviously, they're at the expense of the dumb boys for not for just like all of their actions. So I thought this one was a little bit better than the last one. Um, there weren't any racial slurs or homophobia from what I saw. But um, yeah, I just thought that this one was a little bit better, in my opinion, because it it shows like how stupid some people are when it comes to stuff like that. And so, for that reason, like, I wasn't as offended by this one. I guess it, like, I don't know, there's still, like, sexism and everything, but I think maybe it could be funny if they tried to be outlandish, like, really over the top with these things, but it's so real in a way that it's not funny in any way. Like, I don't even know if it could be funny if they really, like, went out with it. But mm-hmm. it's, like, this could, like, be a real thing. Yeah. And, and I that's kind of scary. Point. I don't I, know. I think it's kind of scary and weird. <laughs> I mean, I think it's – they do get themselves in, like, a ridiculous situation where um, Dennis is literally climbing over the fence to the other um, abortion rally and they start throwing eggs at him. I think the situation that they get into is a bit, like – ridiculous and kind of like crazy but at the same time these are opinions that women hear every single day about abortion and it's usually men voicing these opinions and so that's why I think it kind of I guess it shined a light on um like how it sounds as a woman to hear these things and to hear the hypocrisy 
coming from them. But did a woman write this? I don't know. I don't know which which two episodes were written by women, but I did think it was um, funny when uh, Dee says to Mac, um, so Mac was talking about how he is an anti-abortionist and how mm-hmm. he he thinks it's like murder or whatever and it's up to God. And she says, um, but aren't you right-wingers for the death penalty? <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that one was good. This writing oh that's disgusting so the writing credits go to rob McElney, who is mac mm-hmm. charlie who is charlie and glenn howerton i don't know who that is it might be dennis yeah yeah it's dennis <laughs> okay so they wrote this mm-hmm. they're like the main writers of the show that's so concerning okay <laughs> Yeah, but um, so that was that was always sunny covering abortion, a topic that is still very relevant today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like weird how it's still relevant. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So moving on to episode three. <laughs> Episode three is titled Underage Drinking, A National Concern. Um, Do you want me to explain this one? Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, the bar is packed on a random Friday night, which is bizarre because no one ever comes to their bar. (laughs) And they realize that it's all underage kids. Um, And instead of, you know, asking to see all their IDs, like beefing up on uh, security, they decide to make it a, I'm using air quotes here, safe haven for underage kids to drink, but really it's just so they can make money and water down the drinks. And Dee is totally against it because uh, she doesn't want to exploit children, but then at the same time she meets a guy at the bar, a high school boy, um, and they start dating, um, and it kind of, they're trying to kind of, uh, it, it runs parallel with how they were in high school, like, apparently Dennis was the popular kid in high school, but only because he hooked up with freshmen, so you can see the, the small insinuations of how he treats women. Yeah, and they, like, casually just bring up statutory rape a lot. Yeah, and then you have Charlie, who's the class clown, and Mac, who sold weed. Um, And so at the same time, um, a girl comes on to Dennis and tells him that she's 18, and then Dee is dating a boy in her class. Um, Then I wrote, Charlie and Mac are sniffing glue. They do that at one point. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Um, And so uh, a girl... A girl from the bar is having people over, um, and she invites Mac and Charlie, but only so they can get a keg for her. And so Dee ends up being at this party, too. And so they're all at this party full of underage kids, high schoolers, and Dee goes to the party to, like, be with her boyfriend. And she says something before that along the lines of, like, oh, like, you make me feel so safe, and then I've never statutory raped someone before. Which is pretty like awful to just like throw in there, 
there's definitely a better way you could have gone out gone with telling the point and then uh they all wake up in the house the next day after the party and everyone was asked to prom except mac kind of like high school um and then they all decide that they're not going to go to prom but then dennis gets blackmailed by the girl from before into going to prom never mind um (laughs) and so dennis has to go to prom so they all decide to go to prom and d is in her dress from like what the early 90s yeah and she's like blackout drunk and uh comes on and is flopping all over the high school boy and so disgusting d's yeah d's guy gets jealous of dennis's girl because they're exes and they ended up making out and ditching them and charlie's the only one who goes to prom with a high schooler so she must have been like she looked young like she's probably an adult playing it but like she looked young for an adult so i feel like she was probably supposed to be like 16 maybe yeah it was really annoying and gross (laughs) yeah but yeah so um yeah so that tackles uh pedophilia for you well, actually, no, that doesn't cover all of it. They they go on to another episode and talk about it again. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that episode? One thing I was thinking was, how is the school okay with this? Yeah. Like, I know, like, like at our school, you had to get your data approved. But even, like, I'm, I think from what I've heard, like, a public school is even more strict. Or at least it can be. But, like, at any school, if someone was, like, yeah, even if they lied about their age and they showed up with someone who looked to be 30 years old, how would they be allowed in? I know. Like, why does Charlie get to go? Like, why does Charlie get let in? I don't, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. Honestly, the school's at fault here. But I what, mean, what is the point of this episode? Like, what are they trying to teach us? Because yeah, I don't know. Whoosh, the lesson went right over my head. Are we supposed to, like, are we supposed to criticize the American public school system because not getting that from this episode? Like, are are we supposed to look out for the warning signs of a serial rapist? I don't know, because <laughs> it was there and we all caught it. And they thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, it makes it... The show, like, makes it seem like this is okay. Yeah. Like, there weren't any horrible repercussions for their actions. Like, if if this episode ended with one of them going to jail, I would have been fine with this episode. Because then we would have learned a lesson. Like... Don't. And then they stayed there, and then the show ended. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't hook up with high schoolers. How about that one? Um, but no, there weren't any repercussions for their actions, so didn't learn anything. Yeah, and that theme of no repercussions continues <laughs> throughout the next four episodes. So, episode four is titled Charlie Might Have Cancer. Emphasis on the might. And not the have. <laughs> so, basically, it's like, Dennis goes over to Charlie's apartment to get a basketball. Charlie has been 
air quotes, crying, which he may as well have been crying, I don't know, but he says that he might have cancer. And Dennis, like, is like, oh, are you okay? And then could care less, or couldn't couldn't care less. I say that wrong all the time. <laughs> um, he couldn't care less, and is just like, so where's the basketball? Like, what? A terrible friend. And the rest of them, when Dennis goes to tell them, they're like, oh, he's just going to lose all his hair. That's the only thing they care about. They don't care about, like, helping him. Like, the first thing that's on their mind is, how's he going to look without his hair? And Dennis, like, tells them that, oh, he was there and he, like, was there for Charlie for, like, they sat for hours while he was crying. Like, he wasn't there at all. He just cared about his basketball. Max says something disgusting. I didn't write it down. Um, and then, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, this is the episode. Gross. <laughs> this is the episode where they just make fun of trans people and kind of try to imply that they're predatory or I don't I don't know the word for it because it's it's just wrong like what they're trying to do and I don't even want to say it like it's just disgusting well I feel like you should give context I can talk about it if you want no so like so Mac sees this this woman at the bar she's playing pool or something and he's talking to her until he goes back over to dennis and i don't know who's there i guess probably just dennis and d and they're like oh yeah that's someone's cousin she's transgender wait never once did they call her by her appropriate gender yeah they always call her him and they don't say transgender they give her a derogatory slur which i'm not going to say and then while mac I, mac is like not okay with it but kind i don't I don't know. This part was like a little weird. I think maybe they're trying to imply that he's gay with it. I don't know. Now that you said that, I'm like, is that what they were trying to do? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. Um. So she, this this woman, I don't remember her name. Her I name don't... was Carmen. Carmen. Okay. She has not had gender reassignment surgery yet, and not everyone wants that, and that's. That's okay. Or that's not like a step where they can't afford it. Like that's fine. She actually ends up getting it later in the show. Uh, just a fun okay. fact. Okay. <laughs> okay. I. So, yeah. Well, at this point, she hasn't had gender reassignment surgery, um, and they tend to show her grabbing, like, whenever Mac like goes away or comes back, I like. I don't I don't really know why they do this. But she grabs her penis like it's just like in her skin tight jeans. Like it it doesn't really make sense. Like I the way they do it I don't anyway, they they show that 
many times to be funny, and it's not funny. Nope. There's also, like, a subplot of Dee's acting friend who is a, a heavier woman. She, like, lost her job, and she tries Dee tries to get her a job at the the bar, and they make fun of her because, like, he won't give her the job because she's heavier, pretty much. Yeah. And Charlie doesn't have cancer. He was just using it to get a girl. Yep. The waitress from before, actually. Yeah, he because he's in love with her. What's also really awful about that whole storyline with Charlie and the waitress is that she, throughout the show, ends up like going back to her alcoholism. She files multiple restraining orders against him, and she also loses several jobs. Because of him? Yep. My dogs are barking. Yeah, so that ends up happening, which kind of sucks. Well, doesn't kind of suck. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> One positive thing, I guess, about this episode is that like, there are repercussions for actions. Like, Mac accidentally punches Carmen in the face, and these these guys around them are like, that's a hate crime, and start chasing him, and he ends up getting punched in the face. So... He deserved it, which is just... Well, great. D punches him in the face. Oh, she does? Yeah, because D like, has always wanted to punch him in the face because he punched her in the face at one point. Well, he ends up getting punched in the face. Yeah. So and I Charlie, think... <laughs> and Charlie kind of ruins his shot with a girl, so... Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um... Oh, this is the only episode I actually thought was funny. The next one? Yeah. Okay, then you go ahead. I did kind of think this one was good. So the plot, well, it's called Gun Fever, and it tackles gun control. Um, so we're off to a good start already because this isn't about a group of people. It's about guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yes, so... Um, Basically, someone broke into Patty's, the bar that they work at, and stole their safe. And they decide to buy a gun because, you know, that's the logical thing to do. I'm yeah. being sarcastic in case you couldn't tell. And the police do absolutely nothing, um, which is kind of like when I was robbed. The police did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it does kind of say something about the police. Which is, which is good. It makes a statement. And Dee is dating this guy who wants to sleep with every bartender in town. And it turns out that a bunch of safes were stolen in town. So you kind of know from the very beginning of the episode that he's the one that uh, is going in and breaking into all these places. So Dee is very much against them buying a gun until... Her new guy says that it's sexy. Like once again, D is playing the "I'm better than you." I'm my I have higher morals than you do. But, and of course, it's the woman. Yeah, but ends up flip flopping and doing the exact same thing that they do. Um, and so, at the same time, Charlie needs to pay his rent, and so then, oh, okay, so Charlie needs to pay his rent um, because it's late. Um, and Mac and Dennis bought a gun and are playing with it. And Charlie comes in and plays with it too. 
And then Charlie brings the gun to his apartment to scare his landlord so he doesn't have to pay rent. So he thinks that this gun is like doing wonders for him. And Dee is shooting a gun for the first time with her guy. And meanwhile, while that's happening, Dennis and Mac are trying to solve the case. Um, so they take the gun back from Charlie and assume it's the guy that Dee is dating. And uh, they try to trick him into robbing Patty's twice, but they find out that he is always carrying a gun. So Dee, Mac, Dennis, and Dennis are all waiting at Patty's for the robber. And at that point, Charlie comes in and tries to rob the bar. And so they shoot him in the head and it just grazes him, but they still have to take him to the hospital. And they're all arguing over the, the gun and who shot who and whose fault it is. And they decide to keep the gun in the end because they're stupid. Um, but I thought that there are two funny quotes from this, this episode, which is, um, let's be rational. We need to buy a gun which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. And then they also said, um, clearly Philly's finest doesn't give a shit, which I also thought was funny. Well, I guess we have our options for quotes for the episode. <laughs> I don't really have anything on this one. I just kind of was like, these people are the reason we need more gun laws in this country. Yeah, but that's the point. Yeah, I guess this one... This one worked. Yeah, this one was more like... This one was crystal clear on (laughs) who it's making fun of. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The next one isn't great. No, this one is not great. (laughs) So episode six is called The Gang Find a Dead Guy. And basically, they come in the next morning, or like a morning, and there's... A man who seems asleep, but he's actually he, he died. It it doesn't it, not important how or why. Um, but basically, this man's granddaughter comes in and is like, "I just wanted to see where he spent his last last night." And all the guys try to get with her because they're terrible people. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, D realizes that she doesn't want to lose her grandfather before getting to spend any more time with him um, because she hasn't seen him in a while. She's freaked out by old people, which is, like, and, like, ridiculously freaked out. It's just, like, kind of, like, all right, like, that's enough. Um, (laughs) And she can't even get into the room with him. She's just, like, so grossed out. But Charlie had gone with her, and... But it's Dee and Dennis's grandfather. And he thinks that Charlie's Dennis. So he asks him to go get something that he wants to be buried in. And it turns out that what's in this box that he wanted him to get is a Nazi uniform. And like a picture of him in the Nazi uniform. And it's just like the whole thing is Charlie kind of trying it on and and then they try to sell it and the museum they try to sell it to is like, I'm going to call the cops. Like, why would you say this is like the way they phrased it? They were like, you need this in your museum. This is important, but like important in, as like, we are also Nazis. Like it, it was like very 
weird. Um, and basically, Charlie ends up keeping the hat from the uniform. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this episode, the grandfather also uses the K slur, which, like, I don't think I've ever heard spoken aloud before, especially on TV. Yeah, the fact that all of these slurs were just casually used on TV. And, like, what station would allow this? Mm -hmm. That was one of the moments where I was more so shocked than checking my privilege, you know? Yeah. If it's a social commentary, I should not be shocked. I should be thinking deeply about my privilege. But I was not. Couldn't get over the fact that they said that word. And so casually, too, I, like, literally gasped when I heard it. I don't know why, like, Hulu has a show on, I feel like. Mm-hmm. With, like, everything that, like, people are, like, uncovering things, you know, like, like seeing all these things that people have done wrong over the years and some have grown from it, some haven't. Like, why is this show available for anyone to watch? Like, I think, like, it could maybe be okay if they at least bleep out the slurs, like, at a minimum. But it's just, like, why do you have this? Well, it's funny that you bring that up, because they were under fire this summer, because there are a lot of episodes where they use blackface. But, oh, like, I think that's why they were dropped by Netflix and taken to Hulu. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but... um. They use blackface in a significant amount of episodes. It's not just once. And they use it even as late as 2013. Um, wow. So that's just crazy to think that that, it, that was on TV in 2013. But um, the solution that they came up to for this was to just take all of the episodes where they use blackface out. But at the same time, did no one catch this? Isn't yeah. this almost as bad if not the same like, like yeah straight up saying the n-word the k-word a slur for transgender people like are you kidding me like why wouldn't why wouldn't you take that out too who or knows what else this is in there too yeah and it's just at what point does your quote-unquote social commentary become an excuse for you to make jokes about people like minorities and people of other religions um, and races and genders. I don't know. I don't know how. I keep saying that. I know. But like, I don't know how this was ever a show Mm -hmm. that like people would tune in regularly to watch, you know? Yep. It's not like it's a Netflix series or something that's all posted all at once. It's something that they had good enough ratings for 15 seasons like Mm -hmm. that's kind of i don't know concerning to me and also like if you're moving to hulu um and you realize that your show has evolved into becoming a more accepting show and a show that doesn't shock people like that with horrific things to say um if you're moving to hulu you can definitely edit the show um, and take out some of the parts where it could really hurt someone. Or, honestly, like, I don't think that these episodes really, really, like, 
define them as characters. Like, it does to me. Like, they're awful people. That's what it defines mm-hmm. them as to me. But I think they could probably get rid of this season. Like, take it off entirely. And I don't think you would lose anything from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not... I don't know. These characters are kind of one-dimensional. And that's, like, the point. They're supposed to be kind of one-dimensional. So, like, why do we need... Why do we need that? And also... It's like... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, also, even if it's... Even if it's meant to be satirical, using words like that still normalizes it. And um, invalidating transgender people, even if it's supposed to be a joke, it still does. And imagine being someone who like falls into these categories that they're making fun of as a social commentary like I, I'm sorry but like like uh, watching this from a white cisgender woman's perspective like I'm still offended and I'm not even affected by most of these jokes so I can only imagine how hurt the communities that they talk about would be like hearing this and seeing this yeah so that's episode six <laughs> <laughs> So there's one more episode in the season, and then we'll never talk about it again, except for whatever Lauren has to bring up, and then we're never talking about this again. <laughs> so episode seven's called Charlie Got Molested. Um, basically, these two boys from their middle school um, went to the police and said that this, their gym teacher had touched them as as young children, and that there were probably more victims um and basically the whole friend group thinks that charlie was one of these people that was molested by their teacher and they make light of it the whole time and mac even goes to this teacher's house and is dressed in really short shorts and is like why didn't you molest me like why you should have like why wasn't i good enough and it's like it ends up that these two men were lying and they were just doing it to get money which is not okay you don't joke about that you don't like just like do that to someone and charlie eventually goes and they so charlie's all their friends go to charlie's family and tells them that this happened to him even though they have no idea if it did and they try to stage an intervention and then they're basically like, well, you need to go to the police and, and tell them. So those two guys that made this up go to the police station with him because they um, are going to blackmail him and say, like, if he didn't and, like, told the police that he was lying or that they were lying, they would say it was all his idea or something. They can throw him under the bus instead. So when they go to the police station, Charlie kind of rats them all out. Um, and it... I, I don't really know what happens to them. I guess they go to jail or I don't I don't I don't really know. But like it's clear that Charlie's upset about the situation. I we don't really ever find out why, at least from what I could understand. But yeah, I think that's kind of most of the episode they just make fun of kids who were abused by their teachers. Yep. This episode too well, actually, this one and the one before made me realize how much of a ripoff Shameless is of the show. 
I don't know. Do you watch Shameless? I did, but I don't know what you're talking about. Well, so in one of the episodes... Oh, what's his name? Oh, I forget his name. Which? It's, uh... Dee's husband. Um... Like, you mean V's husband? V. D, not V. D, v. V's husband. Oh, what's his name? I don't know. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Kevin. Oh, how could I be so dumb? Okay. So... In one of the episodes of Shameless, um, a bunch of kids from, like, Kevin's basketball team come out as, like, saying that their uh, coach, like, abused them as kids, and Kevin wasn't. And so the whole time he was wondering why he wasn't chosen. I mean, the one thing this episode does is teach us, like, they kind of throw in some, like, lessons there. Like, you, you shouldn't stage an intervention when you suspect that someone you know has been through something traumatic like that. They also say like, they also teach us that pedophilia is more about power than attraction. So that was okay. Like learning about that. And Charlie does say like, there are people who have actually been molested. You guys are going to exploit that for your own personal gain, which isn't that what the show is doing, but yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I mean, I I see where the lesson is there, but also at the same time, I feel like there's a better way of going about it than how they did. I just like I don't think anything like makes up for it, you know. Mhm. Yeah. So like was there anything that or any way that this show evolved from what you've seen? Um, well, I didn't have time to watch all, all 14 seasons, but I did see some of the the episodes that I referenced, such as like the one in season five where Dennis talks about the Dennis method. Um, and then the one in season six where he makes women feel threatened. So they So it didn't yes. like evolve, it devolved. No, I mean, in some ways, like, yeah, well, I guess, honestly, in 2013, if they were doing blackface still, like, I didn't see all the episodes, but it kind of stays the same, almost. But uh, I don't think they say the N-word again. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when Mac comes out, there isn't really a joke. It's just, like, it's him, like, dancing, doing, like, a... a a contemporary dance i think um okay so there wasn't a joke which is good it wasn't like they were trying to make it like something that's funny because it's not um so yeah i mean i basically talked about like i sprinkled in everything i was gonna say throughout uh okay. all of this but i did have like one more point to bring up which is um like I realized that this show is supposed to be a social commentary and it's supposed to be satirical, like where the actors are awful people who say like racist, homophobic, sexist, misogynistic things um, (laughs) and do face repercussions for their actions like most of the time. But um, it kind of like normalizes making comments like that and passing them off as a joke because it's not transgender people making the joke or black people making the joke it's white cisgender 
males and one girl talking about like race issues, rape and other things. And so I don't know, I feel like it normalizes like white men to to say those things almost and pass them off as dark humor. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I am not glad to have watched this. <laughs> um I hope it gets taken off of Hulu soon, at least the episodes that we watched and hopefully all the other incredibly bad ones. I mean, not to end on a bad review, but <laughs> I don't think there's any other way to end this one. Yeah, now I feel sad. <laughs> I mean, we will definitely pick something better for next week i don't think we can get any worse than this i think that's a positive yeah also anyone who suggested this show to me why would you think that i would enjoy this i hope none of you ever to recommend this show to anyone yeah no i will not be recommending this show <laughs> to anyone oh i don't I, I i know you won't i just mean anyone who's listening yeah well, if you want to recommend better shows to us, we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at How Have We Never Podcast and on Twitter at How Have We Never, as well as on YouTube if you just search How Have We Never Seen This Before. We're on there as well. I think that's it. I'd like to say one last thing. Go ahead. Um. If you made it this far to the episode, um, I just want to say, uh, thank God our demographic is not straight white men. That is true. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Congratulations, you've made it to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. How Have We Never Seen This Before is produced by Isabel Barone. The music is by Scott Holmes. The podcast art is by Michael Beaumont over at Monitor Comics. And our social media is run by Lauren Cola. Thanks for listening.